Cause sometimes I be right. Hello. Welcome to the show. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I'm excited today because it is, well, I guess for you it's draft day. The draft is tonight as you are listening to this, round one at least, NFL draft. As I'm recording this, it is the day before, so again, apologies if I say anything that is now already obsolete or irrelevant, but I will say this. I love the draft. I'm excited for the draft. Uh, I love watching the draft. I love the, uh, I love everything about it. I love the hopefulness of it. I love the, um, the analyzing of it. I love when the guys are right, the guys are wrong. I love hearing everyone's opinions, um, Whoever the Cowboys take tonight, I'm going to spend hours tonight and tomorrow going on to every site possible to read everything about the player, what any person thinks. So if you are a person who gives your analysis on draft picks, uh, do me a favor, hit me up on, on social media and, and, and send me a link to your stuff so I can read yours too because I get obsessive about that stuff. But you are not only here to hear me talk about the draft, you're here to hear me talk about a lot of things and I got a lot of things to talk about. Let's get into it. What up, Cyber Family? Welcome back. If this is your first time joining us, welcome. This is Sometimes I'd Be Right. I'm your host, John Farris, reporting live from Trash Can Studios. As always, joined by my co-host, Wally. Say what up, Wally! I actually like my setup today. I feel like I got my mic in the perfect position. I got my hands free to move. Uh, I just somehow... Um, in the chaos of trying to do a bunch of things this morning, I got myself situated nice. So I am ready to go. As I said uh, last week, um, this would probably be a very draft-heavy episode. I wasn't sure which direction I was going to go. I was thinking about doing some mock draft stuff. But you know what? You guys don't want to sit here and listen to me tell you who I would draft at what positions. right? You guys don't want to sit here and hear me go through every pick and all that stuff. That's boring for you. For me, it'd be exciting. I love mock drafts. I've already done probably a 1,000. And after this weekend, I'm going to go look at the prospects for next year and start watching film on them starting now. So hopefully next year I can have uh, better coverage for the draft for you guys. That's what I'm thinking. I got big ideas for what I could do for the draft next year. You know, hindsight, right? Anyway, so let's get into some stuff. So the first thing I want to do, actually, is start by uh, recapping the fight over the weekend between Tank Davis and Ryan Garcia. Uh, It was a mega fight. It lived up to the potential. It lived up to the hype, I should say. Um, Apparently, the early reports are that, you know, they cleared a million pay-per-view buys. It's somewhere they're thinking between 1.2, 1.3 million buys, which is massive and... uh, Round of applause to them. And as a boxing fan, I love it. I'm so happy. If these numbers are true, again, we don't know. But if these numbers are true, I'm so happy because it's a great indication and a great um, bar to set for these other guys to say, hey, look, there is money and value in fighting each other. We don't have to worry about preserving our perfect record. Again, walking out of that fight, I thought... uh, so if you didn't know, I'm sorry, I'm assuming you guys know what happened. Uh, Tank Davis won by a knockout. Um, he hit Ryan Garcia with a vicious body shot in the seventh round, and he took a knee and wasn't able to get back up. So that's how the fight went. Now, um, if you go on my YouTube, I have the full recap video up there, so I'm not going to, you know, I'm hoping some of you go to the YouTube as well. But uh, for those of you who don't, I'll give you a quick rundown. 
I thought Ryan Garcia uh, looked a little raw, a little green in that fight. He looked like he obviously was stepping up in in levels and seemed like he wasn't, you know, he didn't, he seemed kind of, I don't know what the word is. It, he wasn't overwhelmed by the moment, but he seemed a little, a little more anxious, a little more amped up. He didn't seem as relaxed and as comfortable as Tank did. And that could have a lot to do with the fact that he's fighting Davis, who is, you know, hits with crazy power. Maybe that had more to do with it than whatever, anything else. But either way, he was very aggressive, which I wasn't expecting. Um, he kept pressing the action. He got caught with a good shot. He went down. Some people believe he quit. I don't think so. He was throwing uh, a right hook at the time that Davis came in with a left to the body. He was wide open for it. Uh, it zapped all of the life from him. And I do feel like it was one of those shots that doesn't look like much. But if it were to hit you, you would understand exactly why he wasn't able to get back up. But for me, the the, the result of the fight is irrelevant. I said going into the fight, I don't think that either guy should come away from that fight with any type of negative thoughts or anything about them. I don't think Ryan Garcia did anything in that fight to make you feel like he's a bum. I don't feel like Tank did anything in that fight to make you feel like he's a bum. I feel like whoever lost that fight, they still deserve credit for taking a fight of that magnitude. Neither one of these guys needed to fight each other to make a good payday. Now, obviously, fighting each other gives you the biggest payday. Uh, but neither one of them needed this fight in terms of we need to make a living. This is the only fight we could make. So both of them, the fact that they went in to make this fight happen, they deserve credit for it, whether they win or lose. And I'm telling, do you hear these church bells? I'm trying to talk over them, but I feel like you can hear them just like I can. Like, what is going on, guys? apologies this is what you get at trash can studios you get the ambiance of the world around anyway so the fight turned out to be a massive success uh i'm happy about it and uh i think in two weeks two weeks we have the the canelo's return against john Ryder. we'll be back to talk about that next week probably but i just wanted to get it out there and say look boxing is alive and well and when you put on fights where you have good fighters fighting good fighters you get good results Boxing is not dead. We are just completely tired as boxing fans of paying for trash. And we're not going to do it anymore. So hopefully this sets the trend to say going forward now we are, you know, we're going to have these big fights now. We're going to have the best fight in the best. We're no longer going to try to protect our records and do all that stuff. We're going to fight and see who's good and then continue on and continue just to fight each other. And everybody fight everybody and everybody's happy. Moving on. (laughs) I want to push off um, some of the NFL stuff uh, until after because this is going to be the meat of our show. Um, So the Jets finally, finally completed the deal to acquire Aaron Rodgers. Okay. So here is the deal. The the Jets got Aaron Rodgers. Uh, They got the number 15 pick in this year's draft. And they got pick 170. I think that's a round five pick. What they gave to the Packers was uh, pick 13 this year. So they just swapped their first round picks. I don't understand that, but whatever. They gave up pick 42, pick 207, and a conditional second round pick for next year. Now that second round pick will turn into a first round pick if Aaron Rodgers plays 65% or more of the team's games. Now, 
it's not really a lot of compensation. You essentially gave up a first. Uh, no, because you swapped first. So you basically gave up a second and a fifth round pick and then a first round pick next year to get Aaron Rodgers. Now, if it works out for you, great. Like, whatever. That's no brainer. Of course, we're going to give that up. We'll give it up every single time you ask. No problem at all. Um, But the question I have is, was anybody excited when this was announced? I feel like all the juice, all the buzz about it was just like, nah, okay, cool. Like when it popped up on my phone, it was like breaking news. It was kind of like, nah, that's okay. I think all the juice has been lost because it took so long. And when you look at the compensation, you're wondering like, what what took so long? What was the holdup? I'm hearing rumors that, uh, you know, that that Aaron Rodgers is possibly only really looking to play one more year. Uh, which would scare me if I'm a Jets fan. Even if it's two more years, that would still scare me. It would mean that, like, are you really, do you really want to play? Or are you just coming and saying, hey, it might be fun. Aaron Rodgers strikes me as a guy who's not really that into it anymore. I've said this for a couple years now. I just don't think Aaron Rodgers is that into it anymore. I think he's got so much money. He's older. I think he's got so many interests outside of the sport. I just don't think you're getting the best that Aaron Rodgers can give you. I think you're getting kind of a a half-interested Aaron Rodgers. And um, I don't know what that means. I don't know what that's going to do for you. I don't know how good he's going to be. I said coming in that I didn't think the Jets would make the playoffs with or without Aaron Rodgers. So. So I don't I don't know what what he's going to do. I'm not. uh, I'm not sure what you're getting. Do you know what I mean? Like, are you getting him at his best? So I think. I know I I was so brash in the summer. <laughs> I was so bold, like, ah, he ain't, nah, he ain't, uh, they ain't making the playoffs with or without him. He's trash. Uh, you know, time has passed. You know, cooler heads prevailed. Uh, you know, I don't know if I'm going to go that far. I still don't think they make the playoffs. I don't. I just think the rest of the AFC is so good. And I think if you're getting a half of Aaron Rodgers, like, come on. I actually posted um, online the other day. I said, uh, "I said he has one Super Bowl in 18 years with the Packers, and we're expecting him to get one in two years with the Jets. Like, how does that math add up?" You know what? I'm back on the train. They're not making the playoffs. Hey, no, here's what I'll say: I, I I guarantee you they don't win a Super Bowl with Aaron Rodgers. I'm willing to bet they don't make the playoffs. Yeah, I'm back on it. <laughs> I'm back on it, baby. They're not making the playoffs. Jets are not making the playoffs. Moving on. So I, I have to I have to mention something. I'm gonna say I'm gonna make a statement and I'm gonna attempt to back it up, even though I don't fully believe the statement I'm making, but I'm kinda it's in that ballpark. I don't know what to call it. So I have to say the outlandish statement first, like the dramatic statement first, and then try to walk it back a little because I'm not a hundred percent invested in that but i also feel like it's closer to that than the alternative i know i probably made a whole bunch of sense right there what i'm gonna say is Kawhi leonard is the most overrated player of my lifetime oh snap (laughs) okay so what i was saying was i don't 
I don't necessarily believe wholeheartedly that that is a true statement, but like it's not that untrue, right? So I looked it up and I said, all right, we would look at Kawhi Leonard as being far better than Paul George, right? They both averaged 20 and 6. 20.6 rebounds, about three or four assists between the two of them, right? Right around the same. Kawhi Leonard shoots at a little higher percentage, maybe five percentage points higher than Paul George, but Paul George also shoots more threes. So, you know, if you're closer to the basket like Kawhi, mid-range jumpers as opposed to long-range threes, like, yeah, your shooting percent, that reflects, that makes sense to me. I'm not too bothered by that. But those two are very close to the same player, right, in terms of production and productivity. Yet, for whatever reason, we look at Kawhi Leonard as being this he was at one point considered the best player in the league or in the discussion for, is he better than LeBron? Like, y'all know how I feel about LeBron. Even I think that that's laughable to think that Paul, that Kawhi Leonard was at any point ever in life could be considered, is he better than LeBron? Is he a better player in the NBA? Like, that's crazy. Now, I understand he went from San Antonio, which, by the way, when he was winning championships in San Antonio... The roster was loaded. You had Tim Duncan, Manu Ginobili. You had uh, Danny Green in his prime, where he was actually in the role he was meant to be in. Um, You just had a bunch of guys. You had Tony Parker coming towards the end, but whatever. Patty Mills in the right role. Like That team was set up so perfectly that I think he was a part of that. I don't think he was that. You know what I'm saying? Like He wasn't the system. He was a part of the system. Those guys were 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 put into the perfect roles and they all were able to play better than they've ever done outside of that system because they were in the proper positions to do their best, right? He goes to Toronto, which wasn't a bad team, right? But they win. And look, he had a great playoff run. He had a great playoff run. No doubt about it. It was great. But Kevin Durant got injured like in that series, right? He was hurt going into it. Am I wrong? Like, am I wrong? He was hurt going into it, tried to come back for a game, and then re-injured it, right? Isn't that what happened? They were already, um, if I'm not mistaken, Clay Thompson got hurt in that series as well. And it was just like that Warriors team coming off of back-to-back titles. Like, it's hard to win three in a row. It just is. So, like, that's, he almost, I'm not going to say it It was almost a perfect storm of go to a team who has a lot of potential, and you guys got hot. They got hot. Look, he had to hit a game winner in, in a game seven against the Sixers to even move on. Like, it wasn't like they just stormed through the playoffs, like, by far the best team. Like, they, they weren't that. They got on a roll, he got on a roll, and they played great. They got into the finals, they had a favorable matchup, they had some big injuries that helped them along. If Golden State's perfectly healthy, does anyone doubt that they beat Toronto? But because of that run, he immediately became like, oh, he's the guy now. And like, he doesn't play much. And when he does play, like, it's like, all right, he's good, but like, I... To say that a team, they're like the Clippers can win a title because they have Kawhi, like, I don't think he's that guy. Like, what, since he's been in LA, what has he done to make you feel like he is the guy? 
Has it not been disappointing to anyone else? I just think, you know, we need to reevaluate how good we think Kawhi is. I think Kawhi is not as good as people tried to elevate him to after that playoff run. I think he's at he's every bit as good as Paul George. And I think if you're asking me right now, if I had to take one of them on my team, I might take Paul George over Kawhi Leonard. That's just me, man. I know that's irrelevant. People are probably wondering why are you even talk like who cares? Like, that's not even a thing. I know. It's just a thought I had. <laughs> Just something I was thinking. I figured I'd say it. I'd share it. Something else I figured I'd share. So this is a little bit of uh, behind the scenes, right? Break the fourth wall. So I posted a short the other day um, or last week because after game one of the Lakers, well, actually, it starts before that. So going into the playoffs, the last week of the season, the Lakers were jockeying for position, trying to get out of the play-in tournament, right? And they were they were trying to like get their way to a fifth seed or whatever, so they didn't have to do the play-in. Going into the playoffs, there was a lot of excitement about the Lakers because of how well they were playing. It was LeBron was playing well. Anthony Davis was finally looking like the Anthony Davis you thought he was. And Austin Reeves was now like a bona fide go-to guy, right? He was playing great down the stretch. And so going into the playoffs, I was saying, well, no excuses for LeBron now. If you think this team is that good, if Austin Reeves is that good, if AD is that guy, then you know what? No excuses. You got to get something done. Now, we clarified all that or whatever two weeks ago, I think it was. But game one of this series against Memphis, uh, Austin Reeves, again, had a really good game. And coming out of that game, the talk was praising Austin Reeves. He was getting a lot of praise, a lot of hype, people talking about how good he really is. And when I say people, I mean the national media was raving about how well Austin Reeves played. Go on social media, and you were seeing a whole bunch of stuff about Hillbilly Kobe, right? Is that what he called something like that? Like the Kobe of the Ozarks and all that stuff. And I thought it was fun. I thought it was fun. Me being me, the guy who's like, oh, but this is oddly familiar to that other thing. I wonder if it's going to turn out the same. That's just naturally where my brain goes. And I started thinking back to different players who were getting a bunch of love and a bunch of hype because of a small window of time where they were playing really great and people over exaggerating it and then they just disappear. I brought up Jeremy Lin, Lin Sanity. People were legitimately saying, no, Jeremy Lin is good. This isn't a fluke. He's really good. And then he kind of just became what he was, which was a solid player, right? There's no harm in that. Uh, I remember Gordon Hayward for a few years was like the it guy, like, whoa, he's really good. And then you found out like he kind of settled into his role as being just like a solid player. He's not bad. He's not a bad player at all. He's a solid player, but he's not great. He had like one or two seasons where you were like, whoa, this guy might be legit. And then it's like you kind of settle back into who you really are. I thought about Duncan Robinson for Miami uh, during their playoff run when he was hitting threes, not like couldn't miss a three. And then they gave him a massive contract, and then, like, he couldn't play anymore. You barely see the guy. And when you do see him, you're like, oh, yeah, that's done. He's gonna, he could shoot threes, but that's it. He settled into his role as what he is, a solid rotational player. I brought up Tyler Hero, who, uh, during the bubble, was like, you thought he was about to be the next guy up, and he was going to be a huge star. And he settled into what he really is, which is a really good six-man off the bench. That's what he is. He's not a star player, but he's a really good six man. Right? Like, I can keep going on and on about this. I brought up Della Vadova because in the finals in 2015 against, was it 2015? 
I think it was 2015, against the uh, the Warriors, he played great. He had a couple great games, and people were raving about how good this guy is. And, no, this guy's been really good. He's really good. He's a great defender. He's this and that, da-da-da-da-da. And then, like, he kind of settled into what he is, which is like a role player. So my, so my statement when I got on there and I made the clip and I made the video was because of the scheduling of the NBA, you now might have a game right on Monday and then you won't play again until Friday. So for Tuesday, Wednesday and Thursday, this team Memphis was hearing about how great Austin Reeves was, how great uh, Rudy Hachimura was, how great this was. And they were like, you know what? Everybody knows going against the Lakers, like let LeBron, LeBron's going to get his. Even if you play the best defense, LeBron's going to get his. There is no stopping a player like LeBron, right? So why are we going to put our whole defense to stop him? Let's stop everybody else. Make sure nobody else beats you. LeBron's not going to score 100 points in a game. He's not going to. It's just not going to happen. He's not going to beat us by himself. Let's make sure the other role players like Rudy doesn't get off. Let's make sure, you know, D'Lo doesn't get off. Let's make sure, like, make sure Austin Reeves doesn't get off. So I said... They're going to now key in on that and make sure that these guys don't beat them. And they're going to put a lot of focus on Reeves and making sure Austin Reeves doesn't go off again. And I said, here was my statement. I can't wait to see how he responds. If he responds well and still produces with all of that attention, then maybe the maybe all of the compliments and all that stuff is worth it. Maybe it is valid. Maybe he is a really good player. But if he kind of goes back to just being okay and doesn't really deliver on those highs anymore, then maybe we need to acknowledge that he's just a solid rotational player. Right. A solid role player. I didn't say he was or wasn't either way. I don't care about Austin Reeves. Austin Reeves can be the best player in the NBA. It wouldn't bother me at all. Like, I don't have no beef against Austin Reeves. I was just saying to me, it's oddly similar to one of these guys who in the postseason has a really good game or a stretch of good games. They get overly praised. He gets a big contract and then the expectations raise. And then when he plays like he really is and it's like, hey, I'm back to being myself, you know. It is what it is. Austin Reeves for his career in two seasons. Actually, this past season, Austin Reeves averaged 13 points, three rebounds, three assists. That's 93rd in the NBA in points, 150 in rebounds, and 74th in assists per game. That's a solid, that's a solid role player. That's not bad. That's a solid role player. But now the playoff starts, and he goes up to 18 points, four rebounds, four assists a game, shooting 52%. Oh, snap. Yo, he's he, he's performing. But like now that like, because again, the expectations were, ah, you'll come in and give us 10 or 12 points. Like, that's great. That's all we need. And then you come in and get 23 in game one. Oh, snap. All right. But again, expectations were low. So when he does that, you're like, oh, wow. Maybe we underestimated this guy. So now Memphis has to then go in and lock in. Can I tell you the response to that post has been by far the the great like the biggest response I've ever got. I'm getting a thousand plus views, comments a day on this one post. Like people are losing their minds. I got people telling me now after game four, oh, I guess that didn't age well. I guess you're wrong. I, you don't know what you're talking about. Stop making videos. It's like, bro, I didn't say he was or wasn't good. I actually said I can't wait to see what he does. I can't wait to see what he does. I don't care what he does. I can't wait to see how this plays out. Can he deliver on this hype? Or is he going to wilt under the pressure? And in game two, he had 12 points. 
Well, that's a huge drop-off from 23. Game three, he had 13 points. Crickets. I didn't hear nobody saying nothing. Then in game four, he bumps back up, gets like, what, 22, 23 points again? And all of a sudden, now I'm an idiot. It's like, bro, I don't know. Like, I don't know what he is yet. It's For me, it's still too early. For me, it's still too early to make that determination. He's got two years in the NBA, and he's a 13-3-3. That seems like a role player to me. I'm not I'm not saying that because we have Austin Reeves, we could win a championship. Like I'm not I'm not going there. I'm not going there. But I, it just, it blows my mind how how interested people are in this. I didn't know that. One guy even told me I just don't like Austin Reeves because he's white. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? That's that's wild. Like I guess maybe people think I'm Spanish, so I would I just I guess I would hate white people because I'm not white. Like I'm not Spanish though, guys. I'm half black, half white. Like I got no beef with a white basketball player versus a black basketball player. I don't care. Like I don't care at all. Like man, y'all, that it's it's crazy, man. So I I only bring this up because I just wanted to say, guys, guys. A lot of times what I like to do is I like to bring up something, right? So I'll bring up a topic or an idea and I'll ask the question because the question is so interesting. The question is so like, well, let's, let's, this is kind of, this is an interesting point. What about this? Have we thought about this yet? Austin Reeves is being praised. Is he one of those guys who is actually having a coming out party and this is where he's going to continue or is he just having a good moment and then he's going to settle back in and disappear? That's interesting to say. And then when you start bringing up all these other examples of guys who have been in a similar position where they had a really good stretch and they were getting loved and praised and then kind of disappeared, it's kind of fascinating. Is he going to be the next in line? I don't know. Can I just say for the record, this is totally uh, in left field. Uh, I just want to say for the record, coming into the uh, the NBA draft where you had LaMelo Ball, I said that, um, I said that, uh, oh, oh, why can't I, why can't I think of his name, bro? Why am I drawing a blank on his name? I cannot believe this. Oh, dude, you know who I'm thinking of? You know who I'm thinking of? Ah, Anthony Edwards. Got it. <laughs> I said Anthony Edwards is better, that I would take Anthony Edwards. Even in their rookie years, I know LaMelo had, like, I guess the better statistical year. I said, hey, Anthony Edwards is the better player. Long term, I'm taking that guy over LaMelo Ball every day of the week. And LaMelo Ball has been injured nonstop since. Uh, He's just not that guy. I think, hey, look, for whatever reason, for whatever reason, to me, it don't matter. I don't care if you're going to say, oh, well, if he wasn't injured, I don't care. But he is, though. If we're gonna if we're gonna judge people based on what they could have been, then let's just say Derrick Rose was the greatest point guard in NBA history. Because had he not hurt his knee, that guy was on a trajectory to just be unbelievable. But we can't judge him based on what he could have been. If Allen Iverson was six foot eight, like he would have been the greatest of all time. We can't judge him based on what he would have been, right? So yeah, maybe Lamelo Ball could have been better. But if you're asking me right now, your Anthony Edwards is a legit player, and he's gonna end up going to a different team. And getting some players around him. And he's going to end up doing some work as he gets older. That's just on a side note. So now let's get into the draft. NFL draft is coming up. I'm excited. I hope you are too. 
And uh, and one of the things that I said going into the whole thing was C.J. Stroud is by far and away the best quarterback in this draft. And I thought that it was so obvious C.J. Stroud should be the number one pick. Right. And I've been on this hill from day one. And since the moment the offseason started, it has become more and more evident to me that people are missing the boat on CJ and they're starting to to create terrible, stupid arguments against CJ Stroud and in favor of Bryce Young and all these other guys. Now, look, I'm not mad. Like who you like. So let me just start off by saying everyone's immediately going to say, but John, you're an Ohio State fan. You're biased. I 100% agree with you. I am an Ohio State fan. I can be biased. I agree with you. But here's where I disagree with you. I don't love C.J. Stroud because he's from Ohio State. I don't think C.J. Stroud is so good because he's from Ohio State. I can back up why I think he's so good because he's from Ohio State and I watched every game of his. So I've seen him a lot. I've seen him against all the team. I've seen every game from C.J. Stroud. I've had moments where I thought... I don't know. I, I I don't know. And then I've had moments where I've said, this guy is unbelievable. I've had moments where I've questioned and then was proven wrong. I've had moments, like, I've been through it all. I've been watching him every game for two years, okay? I've been following, okay? Went back and watched high school stuff. Like, I'm, I'm obsessive, okay? I didn't, I never thought, I never thought JT Barrett was going to be a good NFL quarterback. Never. JT Barrett, in my opinion, is one of the greatest college football quarterbacks of all time. He should be on that list. Look at look look at what he did. Unbelievable college quarterback. I never thought he was going to be a good pro. Craig Krenzel, I didn't think he was going to be a good pro. Uh, Justin Zwick, I thought was trash. Todd Beckman, I thought was trash. Um, I never thought that uh, Terrell Pryor was going to be. I never thought he was good. Like I'm not biased. Like because I like the team, I'm like you know. Steve Belisari, I didn't think was going to be a good pro. I never thought Joe Jermaine would be a good pro. Like, I've been an Ohio State fan for long enough to tell you there's many a quarterbacks I never thought were going to be good. Justin Fields, I thought, is unbelievably talented and is going to be a good NFL quarterback, and I still believe that. And Justin Fields, I don't think there's anyone that's saying the Bears need to dump him because he's terrible. Like, you could still see, like, eh, but the Bears don't really have all the pieces in place to even be able to, to you know, adequately, you know, judge him. But the arguments against C.J. Stroud at this point are getting outrageous. I heard yesterday, and I'm not going to say any names, but I heard yesterday, one of the arguments against C.J. Stroud was that C.J. Stroud, you know, he puts up good numbers, yeah, but he's throwing to five-star receivers. So, like, yeah, you know, whatever. Like, of course, you're going to put up those numbers because those numbers are inflated because look who you're playing with. You're playing with five-star guys. Well, I thought that was interesting because, yeah, like you have the best receivers, but guess what you want in the NFL? If you're a team in the NFL, are you not trying to get the best receiver group as well? Do you want to have a terrible receiver group? Like, I don't know. Like, you would have the best players, right? Is the NFL not the best of the best? So in thought, in theory, wouldn't he still have five-star players at receiver? All right, forget that point. That doesn't matter. If you're going to sit there and tell me that you gotta, you can't really credit C.J. Stroud with much and can't say you know what he is in terms of his ability because he's thrown to five-star receivers, here's what I would present to you. There is another quarterback who beat, all right, put it this way, Marvin Harrison Jr. was a four-star receiver coming out of high school. Emeka Ekbuka, his second target, his second, mind you, mind you, I'm getting excited. Let me, let me take a step back. I'm going to list to you, I'm going to list to you. The top four targets for C.J. Stroud. The four guys who were his top four receivers 
last year. Marvin Harrison Jr., four-star. Emeka Ekbuka, five-star. Cade Stover, tight end, four-star. And Julian Fleming, a receiver who was also a five-star, but he hasn't been able to stay healthy. Okay, so he's basically playing third or fourth receiver, not even playing every game. He's having major injury issues, right? That's what he's got. So two four-stars, two five-stars are his top five targets. Hey, there's another quarterback that they all love. The media loves Bryce Young, right? You can't talk about C.J. Stroud because he's got five-star receivers, so of course he's putting up numbers. Well, here's what here's here's the top four receivers for Bryce Young. Jermaine Burton, four-star. Ja'Cory Brooks, five-star. Jameer Gibbs, running back, four-star. Kobe Prentice, four-star. Okay, so your fourth-star guy, your fourth option is a four-star. My fourth option is a five-star, but my guy can't stay on the field. Either way, you have three four-stars and a five-star. I got two and two. Like, is there much difference? Is there much difference? Marvin Harrison Jr. is a four-star player. Do you think you think Ja'Cory Brooks is better? Ja'Cory Brooks was a five-star. Do you think he's better than Marvin Harrison Jr.? Nope, Marvin Harrison Jr. is a four-star. The star ratings don't matter as much as you think. They matter when it comes to recruiting and judging like how good your recruiting class was. But when it comes to being on the field, there's plenty of five-star players that don't pan out to be much. So if you're going to use the argument of C.J. Stroud, look what he's throwing to. Look at, the, look at the caliber of guys. Yeah, Alabama has a top recruiting class almost every damn year. He ain't throwing the bums. All these guys are going to get drafted. All of them. You know who might not get drafted? Cade Stover. You know who might not get drafted? Julian Fleming. He might not get drafted. All of these guys. no. CJ Stroud, Bryce Young are not playing with nobodies. They're not playing with bums. They're not playing with a lack of talent. Both teams are loaded in terms of talent. So take that argument, throw it right in the garbage. For you to, for anyone to even imply that C.J. Stroud's numbers or stats or what he was able, his production, I should say, because not stats, production has to be kind of put an asterisk next to it because look at who he's throwing to, though. Like, that's asinine. That's stupid. The next one I would say to refute that point is, is there was a guy who was from Ohio State who couldn't beat out J.T. Barrett or Dwayne Haskins to start for Ohio State. So he transferred. He transferred to LSU. Yep, his name is Joe Burrow. He got drafted number one overall. Do you know who he was throwing to when he was in LSU? You know what who who he was throwing to when he set records that year? His two top receivers were Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase, arguably two of the top ten receivers in the NFL right now. That's who he was throwing to. Did we knock Joe Burrow coming out of college because of look who he's throwing to though? Look who his receivers are. No, we didn't knock him. We didn't criticize his production because we thought maybe his team was a little too good. No, we judged him for his play. Oh, no, I get it. Everyone keeps saying the same thing. Oh, but when has Ohio State ever produced a good quarterback? When has Ohio State ever produced a good quarterbacks from Ohio State never do well? Well, tell me, what school do you think is a quarterback factory that just puts out NFL quarterbacks year after year? Because you know who actually has put in the most NFL quarterbacks in terms of games played? Purdue. But I don't think anyone looks at Purdue and says Purdue is a quarterback factory. Like, you can't do that. You can't do that. If you drafted a quarterback from Ohio State 
and 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 they didn't pan out. Like they're not they're not Dwayne Haskins is the only one you could point to that you would say, nah, he didn't really pan out. Right? But even then, he was still so young. He got drafted by the by by the commanders who didn't want him. The coaching staff didn't want him. He wasn't given a fair shake there. And then he moved on to Pittsburgh. And before he even had an opportunity to show what he could do, he, you know, tragically passed. Outside of that, who you going to point to? There's no... You could, I, I would say I would use Joe Burrow as my example of quarterbacks they do produce. But you would say, no, but he went to LSU. Okay. Well, if we're talking about Oklahoma, are you going to use Jalen Hurts as an Oklahoma product? Or are you going to use him as an Alabama product? Because he went to both. He transferred. Just like Joe Burrow. So what, what, does he count for Oklahoma? Because I can give you Sam Bradford, who never worked out. Oh, yeah, he was good when he played, but he couldn't stay healthy. So that doesn't work. You got Baker Mayfield. Did he pan out? No, I don't think people rave about that. You got Kyler Murray. Do you think he's he's great? Like, are you sold on the fact that that was a great pick? No. And then you got Jalen Hurts, who you wouldn't even classify him as Oklahoma product because you're just going to look at him and say, well, he played Alabama too. Now let's look at Alabama quarterbacks. Tua, until last year when they got they got Cheetah, he was considered a bust. People were talking about should they draft the quarterback? Like he was considered a bust until they got one of the top receivers who helped them and opened up their offense. And even now, even now, for the right player, they might give him up. Then you got who who you got? Uh who else is from Alabama? I'm trying. Oh, you got Mac Jones. Is, that, is anyone raving about Mac Jones? Like, is that a great quarterback prospect? Like, I don't know. You tell me. When you're making these arguments, you tell me why Bryce Young coming from Alabama is like, we don't have any questions about him coming from Alabama. Did you like, uh, who was the dude? Who was the, who was the, who was the guy they just had? Um, uh, AJ McCarron, backup. Is that what you, that, that's great. That's a, Alabama's a quarterback factory. Like, no, they're not. Like, you can't judge a player based on what school they come from. Oh, yeah, you can. Okay, well, here's what I'm going to ask you. You know who's projected to be the number one pick in the draft next year? Caleb Williams from USC. Would you like to know USC's history going back to 2000? Yep, they gave you Carson Palmer. He was half and half. Half his career was a bust. The other half was pretty solid. Matt Castle, you love that. Matt Leinart, bust. John David Booty, terrible. Mark Sanchez, bust. Matt Barkley, bust. Cody Kessler, trash. Sam Darnold, bust. That's their history. That's their history. But are you going to sit there and tell me I'm not drafting Caleb Williams because he comes from USC and USC gave me Sam Darnold in recent memory? No, you wouldn't. You're going to judge him based on his play. And you would be an idiot. To say I'm not drafting Caleb Williams because he came from USC and USC has historically in the last 23 years produced pretty bad quarterbacks. They do great at USC. They come to the NFL and they can't quite do it. You're not going to judge him on that. You're going to judge him on his play. CJ Stroud by every metric you would judge a quarterback size, weight, decision making, uh, production. Uh, leadership qualities he's never in trouble and the in the age of the nil like he's not in no trouble he says all the right things the coaches rave about him the players love him 
He's got the arm strength, the arm talent. There were professionals who were saying his day at the combine, his throwing session at the combine was the best I've ever seen. Anything you want to look at from him, anticipation, timing, mobility, going into the Georgia game, they said, nah, he needs to show us something. He showed you everything you were critical of. He showed you why you were wrong. He had the touch. He threw it on the run. He made plays with his legs. He did everything you asked against an SEC team, the top team in the country, the same team that went off the very next week and won the championship by 60 points. That's the team he was lighting up. And now you want to tell me, well, he's from Ohio State, though. Ohio State quarterbacks don't do well, so I wouldn't draft him. I'd take Bryce Young. What are you talking about? This is not biased. To me, this is just people being dumb. This is just people making up dumb narratives and carrying it on and saying, oh, we're just going to follow this narrative. It's dumb. I'm going to say this right now. If you are a GM or an owner of a team, if you are a if you are in the sports media, if you are just a regular Joe Shimo sitting around right now listening to this or whatever, and you think I would not take CJ Stroud because he comes from Ohio State, you are an idiot. You are an idiot and you are not doing your job by evaluating the player for who he is, not where he goes to school. Because some of you dumbasses are going to draft Anthony Richardson, who has shown you no capability to be a high-level NFL starter, but you like his athleticism. You like his potential. I have a guy in front of you who you see it. It's not potential. It's not potential. It's right there in front of you. We've seen it. He checks all the boxes, and you're not going to take him because he goes to a school you think doesn't produce quarterbacks. Okay. Okay. You know who didn't produce wide receivers? Georgia Tech. They never produced wide receivers. They were running the option. You know who came out of there? Megatron. Sometimes in scouting, you will find a guy in an odd place And he's really good. And it doesn't make sense because that's not what they're known for. But damn it, he's good. Ohio State may not be known for producing great NFL quarterbacks. I would agree with you. Historically, the way they've operated and run, they're not going to they're not really investing that much into the quarterback. Historically. They'll find kind of like a local kid who's who's good and they feel like can get the job done and they'll bring him in. It wasn't up until recently, probably I would say the last like 15 years that they really started going after these high level quarterbacks. But before then, it was like, oh, we're all right. Well, you know, Braxton Miller's from around here. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? Like, that's just the way they operated. So I agree with you. But it doesn't mean CJ Stroud isn't good. Ohio State wasn't the only offer he got coming out of high school. We're talking about a four star quarterback. We're talking about a guy who came in and performed. And it wasn't the running. It wasn't the athletic ability that impresses you. It is the arm talent. It is the quarterback play. It is everything you say you want from your NFL quarterback. Those are the things that impress you. The timing, the accuracy, the smoothness, the delivery. Now they're going to bring up, oh, but he scored 18% on the S2 test. Let's get into this S2 test. 
So in 2022, the NFL got got rid of the Wonderlick test, which was like a a uh, a 50 like a multiple choice. It was like 50 multiple choice questions you had to answer in 12 minutes, and it was supposed to judge, I guess, your decision making, your cognitive ability, how smart you were, whatever. It was a test that every single person acknowledged was dumb. It has nothing to do with football, and the NFL got rid of it because it has it doesn't affect the way you play on the field. Some listen, some guys don't take tests well. I will never test well. Just just, if you give me a test, guess who's going to fail it? (laughs) Me. I'm the type of person who I can tell you. I can literally show you how to do something. And if you gave me a written test on the same thing I just taught you, I would fail that test. Some people just their brains just don't. They're just not not that kind of brain. CJ Stroud has showed you on the field. On the field, he can play football. And for one anonymous GM said that he's undraftable, he's going to be a bust because he scored so low on the S2 test. Well, the S2 test just started. Like, it's not even, you got no data to say, like, how well they do an S2 test results into this level of success on the field. You got none of that. There were guys that scored super high on the Wonder League test that it didn't make, it didn't mean you were a better quarterback than somebody else. You might be super smart. You might be, you might have a 4.0 GPA. Guess what? Does anybody know what Lawrence Taylor's GPA was? Does anybody give a damn? If somebody told you Lawrence Taylor was certified brain dead, you would be like, who cares? He could rush the quarterback. Does anybody care what Tom Brady's GPA was? Do they care how smart or dumb he is? Do they care how well he takes tests? No, we know he could play. So on a scale of one to one, he got an 18. Yeah, he did. He did. It was a really, it's, it's laughable to me. It's funny. I would laugh. If you told me I got an 18 on a test, I would laugh. I would say, that's really funny. That's, that's horrible. That's funny. But if I'm a GM, if I'm a T, if I'm the Panthers, you know what I'm saying to that report when everyone's making a, a big fuss about how poor he did on this written test, I would say, dude, I'm not, he's not coming here to take tests. The job description doesn't call for you to take a test. The job description, description calls for you to read defenses. Can you come in here and read a defense? Oh, wow, he could do that? Okay, like, I don't care what he did on this written test. Are they asking football questions? Are they asking him, like, if you got this safety here and it's going here, what are the chances that they're going to run this defense? Like, is that what they're asking? Or are they asking, like, Timmy has $6 and it needs to get three? Like, what are you asking? It has nothing. So the fact that the NFL got rid of the Wonder League and then you're trying to replace it with this S2 test, it's like, but it, it would, it would, it, he's never going to take that again. He's never going to take it again. I don't care how poor he did. If somebody came out and said Bryce Young got a one, I would be like, who cares? But it just so happened Bryce Young got a 98. Oh. So the one that everybody loves got really high, like like unbelievably high. And the one that everyone's kind of iffy about. Well, here's what I'm going to say. If you're the Panthers, you go ahead and you pass on CJ Stroud if you want to. C.J. Stroud, I'm I'm saying it right now. C.J. Stroud will be the best quarterback from this draft class, and it won't really be close. It won't really be close, and I don't think it matters where he goes. By the time it's by the time everyone's getting their second contract, so in four or five years, he will be head and shoulders the best quarterback from this class, and I think he will be a top five NFL quarterback within the next four years. That's what I'm saying. So pass on him if you want to. I have never. 
Joe Burrow is the last time I saw a guy that I was that confident. Like, oh, yeah, it's obvious. It's obvious. It's that's the guy. There's it's so clear. It's so that's the guy. And guess what? Joe Burrow's the guy. Best quarterback in the NFL, if you ask me. I think CJ Stroud is is he as good as Ooh. Uh skill wise, he's better than Joe Burrow, but Joe Burrow has like that it thing. He's got like that little extra swag that CJ Stroud doesn't have that I think gives him the edge over Stroud. But I think talent wise, every bit as good, if not better, than, than Joe Burrow. And I think I think this, for me, if he gets passed over and all this negativity is literally only making him say, I'm going to lock in and prove something to you. And some people say, so what? Well, you know when last time he said that was? He said that before the Georgia game. He locked in. It meant more to him than anything. All the coaches said the way he prepared, but he was so focused. He's going to now have that for the rest of his career, and he's going to come in there. He's going he's gonna to blow the NBA, NFL away. And all you idiots who are saying, but he's from Ohio State, are going to look stupid. And you're going to be thinking, wow, we probably should have took that guy. Hey, if you're taking Bryce Young, like so let's say the Panthers take Bryce Young, right? I'm not mad at you. I think C.J. Stroud is the better player. I think going forward, he's the better player. But I also understand Bryce Young is really good too. I I let me. I hope that 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 doesn't come across as me saying Bryce Young is trash. He's no good. Don't take him. I'm not saying that Bryce Young is really good. I like Bryce Young a lot, and I tried to hate Bryce Young. But uh, two years ago in the SEC championship game against Georgia, when he lit them up, that's when I was like, all right, this guy could play. This guy could play, and it wasn't. And again, it wasn't. Um, what he did, but it was how he was doing things, the way he was moving, the way he was throwing, the way he was like carrying. It was like, okay, this guy could play. Bryce Young's good. Don't get it twisted. He's good. I think CJ Stroud is a little better, but I think Bryce Young is also a really good pick as well. So I'm not mad at them. My venom is more coming towards the teams or the people who are saying, I would take Anthony Richardson over CJ Stroud. I would take Will Levis over CJ Stroud. Like you're an idiot. Because you're not doing it because you think they're better. You're doing it because you're afraid that C.J. Stroud coming from Ohio State is somehow going to make him a lesser player. You're an idiot. That's a stupid way of looking at things. Leave me alone. <laughs> so predictions for the draft. I actually think the Panthers are going to take Bryce Young at number one. I think because of all of the uh, concern for C.J. Stroud, even though I think they're dumb reasons, and I think Bryce Young coming from the SEC, where everyone values it way higher, um, I think for that reason, he goes number one. I think C.J. Stroud falls to number three. I think uh, the Texans do go with a pass rusher because I think the way they're thinking of it is this. We can improve our team, right? We can improve our team, and then once we improve our team, then we could draft the quarterback next year, or maybe, I think, because they also have the number 12 pick, I think maybe they think we'll get a quarterback that falls to us at 12, and they might be thinking Hendon Hooker, because they might think going forward he might be like the most steady option. So I think they're willing to do something else at 2, because they have 12. Okay, so I think they pass and I think CJ falls to number three where the Cardinals are. And I think the Cardinals trade that pick. And I think the Atlanta Falcons trade up to get CJ Stroud. That's my prediction. 
I think they do that. And I think the reason why they haven't really gone after Lamar Jackson is because they see the conversation around C.J. Stroud. And I'm telling you right now, you put C.J. Stroud in Atlanta in a dome? Oh, buddy. Oh, buddy. You think Kyle Pitts is a draft bust? All right, wait to see what happens when they got C.J. Stroud. Now, I would hate that because my, my brother is a, a Falcons fan. I know you listening, bro. I don't want you to get CJ. <laughs> I'm hating because y'all gonna win. Y'all gonna win a bunch. Y'all gonna win a title with CJ, and I'm gonna have to root for it. And it's gonna, it's gonna, it's gonna bother. It's gonna be, it's gonna be one of those bittersweet things, right? But I think that's what happens. I think CJ Stroud is gonna end up in Atlanta at pick number number three. Atlanta's gonna gonna give up whatever they have to to get there to get CJ, and that's a, a unbelievable move. Uh, as far as the Cowboys go, I think the Cowboys are gonna go offensive line in the first round. I would love to see them trade back if uh, all things being considered. Because I think all the guys they should take. Like I told you, my number one pick would be Darnell Washington, tight end from Georgia. I think that guy has so much untapped potential as a pass catcher. He's got the physical size to be a matchup nightmare. And I think he also has the size and he's a great blocking tight end already. So what you want, because what they've said is reports have come out and I'm a Cowboys fan. So I know. And if you're a Cowboys fan, you know, too, that they want a tight end who can also block. They want a complete tight end. So Dalton Kincaid, although I love him, he's not an option for the Cowboys. And I I, I would take Darnell Washington over him because I think Kincaid is one of those guys who's like he's a one trick pony. I think when Washington's on the field, like you never know if he's blocking or if he's going out for a pass and he could do both equally as good. So that's why that would be my guy. But I think they're going to go the safe route. I think they're going to take an offensive lineman. Uh, I'm not mad at it because it will help improve the team, but it is just less sexy. Do you know what I mean? That's my time, y'all. Listen, I appreciate y'all coming through. I appreciate y'all listening again. I hope you have a wonderful time watching the draft. Um, if you're going to gamble, gamble responsibly. Who gambles on the draft? Like, if you're gambling on the draft, bro, you might have a problem. Uh, but look, uh, I'm very excited. Um, I can't wait to see what happens. I can't wait to see where guys fall, where things go. I love the NFL draft. Uh, I'm going to have a bunch of content about it. I'm thinking about doing a show on Friday uh, to recap round one of the draft. You know what? I'm going to do it. Friday, there's going to be another episode coming out on Friday. Uh circling around the draft i'm thinking about going live on sunday to recap the entire draft uh be very cowboys heavy obviously um but i'll let you guys know if you follow me on social media i'll be posting updates over there i'll let you know pick by pick what i'm thinking i'll i'll comment on every one um and again man i just appreciate y'all for joining this journey cyber family we are growing strong things are are getting hectic around here we're building the family i appreciate each and every one of y'all i'll see y'all next week